Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, your number one Detective Conan Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is Colleen. How are you today, Colleen? I'm doing well today. Um, it's been a long day for me, but, uh, you know, you ho- always have to find time for Conan. That's what I always say. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. So we have a split episode today. We have one episode of the anime which is episode 106, the Scoop Picture Murder Case. And then we're going back to Gosho Oyama's short stories as we'll be covering The Santa Claus of Summer. Um, did you remember anything about the Scoop Picture mis- uh, Murder Case? No, I'll admit I did not. This left an impression for me. I, I, I really like this episode. Like, it's nothing that... I wouldn't say it's like... The best of Conan by any means, but I think this is just like a really enjoyable uh, filler episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it too, almost to the point that I would have liked it to be longer, but we can go get into that later. Yeah, so the uh, Conan's hint going into this episode is Highway Bus. So, yeah, buses, man. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love buses. <laughs> Conan says, luck, skill, and a snapshot chance. Photos capture everything. The episode begins with Kogoro, Ron, and Conan attending an award ceremony for photographs, and the winner winds up being Yanase Ryuchi, who receives a golden watch and a statue for winning. Yanase thanks his luck for the award, and then we see the photographs that helped him win, which are very morbid. You wouldn't think, like, photos of people falling out of a burning building and People dying would be what gets you uh, an award here, but apparently it does. I-, I thought we'd see like cute puppies or something. I know when they when they actually showed that image, I was like, I don't know, I didn't you know cry or anything, but it did. It was impactful. So I mean, I guess that's why he won the award. But instead of photographing that, like get help or something. Yeah, maybe fucking. Help these people that are burning and on literal fire, man. Come on. Yeah, throw down your camera and go into the burning building to save these people. After the show, Kogoro introduces himself to Yanase. And Yanase says that it's an honor to meet him as Kogoro reveals the truth behind crimes that he chases after as a crime photographer. Ron then compliments his photos and asks how he was able to capture them. Yanase says that he just happened to be walking by when the fire broke out. However, a newspaper reporter named Nakai Asushi laughs at this explanation and says he'll be spending a lot of time with Yanase in the future. Yanase takes offense to this and grabs Nakai by the collar. Nakai gets free and blows a white powder at him. Yanase yells at him, telling him to get away from him, and the two storm off in different directions. Ron asks what the white powder was, and Kegro guesses that it's heroin. Like, what is going on here? I mean, what a jerk move, too. Like, overly dramatic, blowing powder, like some unidentified powder in this guy's face. I was like, okay, here we go. What is this all about? So Ron and Coker just stand there and they let Conan go and pick up this substance that they think's heroin. And then he's like, eh, it's just lime. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Phew. Yeah, great parenting there. Great guardianship and parenting right there. So what was your initial feeling out process when it came to Yanase? 
Do you think he was like a cool guy? Do you think he was a bit of a prick? What do you think? Oh, definitely prick. I mean, that ponytail? Come on. <laughs> Wait, what's what's wrong with guys <laughs> rocking a ponytail? Not this guy, though. No offense to any ponytail wearers out there. I wear a ponytail often, too. Um, but, I mean, it's different, I guess. But, I um, yeah, he, uh, I don't know. He didn't, there was something about him that didn't sit well with me. Uh, so, but then the other guy wasn't any better. The guy who blew patterns his face. I was just like, man, what a set of unlikable characters. I liked, I liked the dickhead journalist. He's just keeping it real blowing powder in people's faces. That's what I aspire to be someday. Um, so... You're going to have to get your hands on some lime then, right? No, heroin. No, okay. <laughs> why Why go with the substance that the child can actually identify? Back at the house, Conan gets a phone call from Nakai, who wants to talk to Kogoro. Nakai says his life is on the line, but Conan can't wake Kogoro up, so he just uses his, his, so he just uses his bow tie instead to pretend to be him. While they're talking, a man walks in behind Nakai, grabs his ashtray, and then attacks him with it. The killer hangs up the phone, and Conan grabs Nakai's business card from Kogoro's jacket. He gets into a taxi and lies to get a ride by saying that his father ran off on him. I thought this was really entertaining. <laughs> it was so funny, because the taxi driver was all into it. He's like, yeah, let's go. I'll save you, small boy. Let's get this deadbeat dad. <laughs> it was good. It was a nice little moment. The taxi driver speeds off with Conan, but they arrive too late as a fire is already broken out in the room, and we see Nakai fall out from the window. We then see photograph flashes go off from the top of a highway, and Conan notices that it's none other than Yanase taking the photographs. What do you think about that, Colleen? Too good to be a coincidence? Oh, absolutely. I was like, he did it. <laughs> Hands down. I mean, there are no other characters to point fingers at here. Yeah, it's pretty clear. The very next day, the photos are plastered all over newspapers, and Yanase gives interviews saying it was another coincidence. However, Conan doesn't believe the photographer. Kogoro says that there was a scar found on Nakai's head, but the lab believes it's due to him getting drunk and losing his balance. Kogoro also heard from the police that the fire started in the kitchen sink of all places. Yeah. You wouldn't expect something that has water would be the start of a fire. That's right. Because, as you know, fire is weak to water type. Um, yeah, that's where we learned about the water temple Yeah, <laughs> many episodes ago. <laughs> I I gotta say, I was disappointed at like the lack of interest by the police in the laboratory. They're just like, well, the guy probably fell over, and yeah, we're just gonna say that he, like it was a house fire. Like They dismiss it a little bit too much, I found. like I thought maybe for sure they could tell that the scar was, you know in a specific shape like similar to an ashtray and but uh yeah it just seems like they dismissed it yeah the police were like acting like kogoro very <laughs> odd right. Conan ventures back to the murder scene and says that he arrived there last night at ten fifty, which was 20 minutes after he received the phone call Conan believes that the fire started right after the phone was hung up Conan then uses the entrance to the highway bus to get where Yanase was, proving that it's possible to get there on foot. Conan then notices Lime there and figures something out. This is my favorite part then. Uh, Conan buys a copy of the newspaper and then looks at the photograph. He notices something and he goes to Professor Gas's house so he can analyze them on his computer. Did you see 
Agasa's version of Photoshop was called. <laughs> it was very good. Oh, I didn't. What was it called? It is called Agasa Photoshop. <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> I just like how instead of just using regular programs, Agasa had to be so extra and make his own and plaster his face over everything. Absolutely. Can we take a moment to appreciate all the Agasa merch he had? He had a mouse pad with his face on it. I think his screensaver or something, maybe. And he had like a sticker on his scanner. Like the guy <laughs> pretty much is a fan of himself. The key to true happiness is to love yourself as much as Agasa loves Agasa. Oh, put that on a shirt and wear it. That's great. That's poetry right there, Tyler. Yeah, think about that, folks. Just when you're feeling down, ask yourself what Agasa would do and then buy a mouse pad with your face on it. Yeah, or Agasas because, you know, might as well just love Agasa if you can't love yourself. That's a very good point. That's the secondary prize for people. (laughs) Conan points out a reflection in a mirror and asks Agasa to make it more clear. Thanks to Agasa's own program, which has his face plastered all over it, we see a watch on the sink, and Conan says that Yanase is the murderer. However, he only has circumstantial evidence and needs proof. Agasa then says that Yanase will have a TV show premiering the next day, and that Kogoro, of all people, will be his first guest. (laughs) What a coincidence, Colleen, right? This episode's full of coincidences. It's like it's like a 24-minute episode that they have to cram all this storyline in it or something. Conan then asks for Agasa's help, saying he'll become a man of the century, just like Yanase. Ron and Conan accompany Kogoro to the taping, and Yanase drops a pink police ticket while shaking hands. He says that he has to pay fines as he was speeding in his car after seeing the smoke and got caught by a surveillance camera. How ironic that a cameraman in search of the defining moment gets caught in a defining moment himself, Yanase says, gloating about his newfound alibi. What'd you what'd you think about this asshole? Like he was just too too everything, too extra, too over dramatic. Like, okay, sorry, let's calm down a little bit. <laughs> he loves the defining moment. Well, yeah, I suppose I have to remember that he's an artiste. He has to capture the moment's eye, or whatever photographers do. Do you have many uh, driving infractions, Colleen? You ever received a ticket? I am proud to say that I do not, but then again, I am not a frequent driver. (laughs) So, Ah. so, yeah, whenever my uh, bill for my license comes in and says, yeah, like, Zero infractions, you got all your points. I'm like, yep, that's right, because I probably took my car out like three times last year. There you go. Conan then runs off and uses a phone booth to call Megary while pretending to be Kogoro. He then places his speaker on Kogoro, and his plane is set in motion. Once Kogoro is introduced as his first guest on Yanase World, Conan knocks him out with his watch and says that... And says that... And says there's one case that he wants to talk about. The one where Yinase murdered Nakai. Dude, what a twist here. Oh, snap. <laughs> I love Kenan, like, doubling up on the dramatics because he's on TV. Yeah, he's on Yanase's world. So, like, the guy's so full of himself, I'm sorry. Yanase says that the accusation is false and asks how he committed the crime. Kogoro explains that it takes three minutes to get to the crime scene to where he was taking photos and says that Yanase attacked Nakai set up a time bomb, and then return to the highway to take pictures. He says that the makeshift time bomb is already gone, as it was made with quick lime. 
If you add water to it, the exothermic reaction can reach up to 300 degrees, and that Yanase used hot sake to fuel it. He filled the sink with quick lime and then added water, allowing it to react. So we got a little science lesson. Did you know about this lime stuff catching fire, Colleen, before this? Nope. Uh, I learned something new. That's science for all you kids out there. Much like you, I, I watched this episode before and quickly forgot about the lime getting on fire and learned it again today. Yeah, so unfortunately, this is one of those things, and I have said this before on the show, about like, you know, do it yourself, try it at home. It's one of those things that I'm curious about, it, whether it works in real life. I don't know, maybe I should just try and find a YouTube video on it or something rather than doing it yeah, in my own Let's kitchen. try it yourself. Oh, is that right? <laughs> just don't mind me who's going to be taking photos in the distance. Right. When uh, you fall out of your house on fire. Oh, well, I'm not too worried because Agasa has some super duper uh, program that'll zoom into a photo, like, possibly close and be able to well, actually here's see the a thing. watch on the counter. I don't wear a watch. Oh, okay. So you can't leave any incriminating evidence. No. Kogura says that Yanase likely used the same method to get the picture he won the award for. Nakai had figured this out and threatened him, so he was killed. Yanase then claps and says that there's no proof or conclusive evidence. Kogura says that isn't true, as the photos he took provided such evidence. He then asks Agasa to present it. Agasa, who enjoys being on TV a little too much, shows the kitchen sink and says that the faucet has been lowered one-fourth of the way down, showing that it was running. Yanase says that Nakai could have just left the faucet on, and Kogoro asks him where his watch from the award ceremony is, and then Agasa shows it being on the victim's counter. Kogoro says Yanase took it off so he wouldn't get it wet, and then just forgot it, because he's stupid. That's like the lamest excuse ever. Yanase says it was stolen from him after the ceremony, and that it was Nakai that stole it. Yeah, there's a lot of coincidences here, like... Him leaving the watch behind, and then Conan... I wonder what Conan's original plan was, because in the next segment here, it all hinges on him getting a speeding ticket, and if he didn't do that, then, like, what were you going to prove beyond there was a gold watch there, but you can't really tell what type of watch it was, you know? Yeah, well, and I think in this one as well... Uh, he mentioned like, oh, the watch was, you know, it's one of a kind. It's the only one that was created for that contest or whatnot. So yet again, like there's these little pieces of evidence that would make it seem like that's the only possible, like you're the only possible person because X was only possible because you were there kind of thing. And I feel like Conan sometimes relies a lot on those uh, pieces of evidence. Like, or it's, so it's either accidental like the the speeding ticket or it's something that's like super unique and if that person was just like a little less clumsy it wouldn't have been a problem yeah that always makes me like feel like i can commit a murder and get away with it i'm like i just don't have to i just will not screw up here like the canon character did and then i'll be fine right and you need some quick lime Yanase says that the watch was actually stolen from him after the ceremony and that it was Nakai that stole it. Megari's then introduced and he flashes a victory sign. <laughs> what they're just all playing it up for the cameras yeah. here. This was like one of my favorite parts, like this whole deduction show, because well, first Agasa was standing 
goodness knows where and then he gets the spotlight on him and now Megari same deal so they were just like what waiting in the wings for Kogoro to basically summon them and be like okay now it's your turn to tell your part of the deduction like it was just so funny this was a true deduction show like (laughs) the theatrics are on point here yeah yeah Megary says that he was asked to bring this floppy disk that contains video data of the highway surveillance camera. The time is 10.20 on the night of the fire, 10 minutes prior to when Kegre received a phone call. Agasa then pulls the data up and enhances the photograph so everybody can see that Yanase is wearing the gold watch there. So, I guess it wasn't stolen. <gasps> Yanase is in shock seeing this and Kegre uses his own line against him. The cameraman seeking to capture definitive moments was captured at a definitive moment himself. <laughs> Go fall, go fall. He then tells Yanase that he forgot the most important part of being a cameraman, that the word for photograph is composed of the characters for reflect and truth. So he does have a dagger of his own too there. Yeah. He was making up lies instead. I don't know what the characters for that are in Japanese, but they're not spelling photograph. <laughs> After the ending song, Agasa calls himself a man of the century. After Ron says the television show's ratings skyrocketed, she then wonders where her father is and kind of remembers that they just forgot him, which is <laughs> one of my like favorite recurring gags of just Kagura being left after drugging him. It never gets old. I gotta say. <laughs> 900 episodes in. I'm sure they're still doing it. We then see Kogoro backstage being a perv and busting into dressing rooms while looking for Yoko Akino. So, uh, pretty fun ending here. What do you think about the case overall, Colleen? Um, yeah, I enjoyed the case. Actually, I probably would have preferred if it was uh, a two-parter so that they could flesh out the story a bit more. Like, the concept of, um, a crime photographer, almost like being a serial murderer, because he's the one who kept plotting and creating those murder scenes so that he could take the photos of them afterwards like I thought that was an interesting thing and um just the having like a deduction an actual deduction show during a live television broadcast was also interesting so I thought that they could really um (laughs) maybe I'm just you know this is wishful thinking but I think that they could um like enlarge this into a feature-length film like give it a little bit more depth and uh I'm probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. I mean, it was fine the way it was. It just felt like it was everything was rushed and I didn't really uh get a sense of like importance. Like so I didn't really care in the end whether you know the guy was guilty or not. Like he didn't really have any um redeemable qualities and he was just like, oh, I, he was just doing it for the sake of know getting the perfect shot so i don't know um i just thought it might be better if it was more fleshed out yeah definitely i think like making it into a two-parter could have been a a stronger case maybe a more memorable one but you know for what it is i thought this was a really enjoyable uh filler episode i love the photographer angle like you said it's really interesting uh, he's decided to commit crime so he could then photograph it. It's like the the opposite of uh, Spider-Man, you know, yeah, yeah. doing his job as Peter Parker. Uh, so I thought that was 
super fun uh, sequence. And then the, the ending was great. I really love the whole deduction show. So I thought it was a, a strong end to season four. So because that was the last episode of season four, we'll come back with season five next week, which has a, a two-part case, which is the mysterious mole alien case. <laughs> I'm sorry, that name is just ridiculous. Yes, the uh, hint we got for it was jewelry robbers. And then we got this little back and forth between Conan and something strange. And Conan goes, next time? And then somebody goes, me? I'm the mole alien. What? Mole alien. Can't you see? No. <laughs> and there's, of course, a little joke there with the explanatory text. <laughs> yeah, it was just that moles have bad eyesights. Because they live underground. They don't see anything. Yeah. Can you buy a mole? Can you buy one? I don't think so. Yeah. Why not? Either they're fucking ugly. <laughs> I was just about to say, have you ever seen one? <laughs> I guess you can't can you get a mole rat? Old, uh, old, uh, oh, what was well, the kin possible? Rat, Rufus? Isn't that different, though? Than a mole? Is it? Mole rat versus mole. Alright. The naked mole rat and other mole rats aren't moles at all. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. Oh. <laughs> Okay, we have to end the podcast right now because well, that, that's just too at, disappointing. Then? It's just ugly. <laughs> Damn. Are mole rats also Wait, like semi-blind or blind? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What's with this nose, man? You see this star-shaped mole? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you can't. You ever seen that? I mean, I've what seen photos before, yeah. What's going on there? Oh, I don't that's know if repulsive. it's like a feeler. I don't know if you could get a mole anyways. I don't want a mole. I don't want a mole All either. Right. On my face. Damn. Either. Yeah, imagine getting like I, I find it kind of sweet when my puppy, you know, like licks me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then have that, that lick you. Ugh. Ugh. Not a fan. Just like a little Jeez. octopus nose. Are you excited for the mole aliens? Um, sure. <laughs> I can't. Re- I don't remember anything about this, so I'm excited for a original two-parter. Oh, okay. So it's a uh, an anime original, like this one was. Yeah. I I find that interesting that they uh, ended a season on a anime original. And they're start. See, the thing is, the seasons don't really matter just because. <laughs> This aired June 22nd, 1998, and the next one airs June 29th, 1998, so it's not like there was any gap or anything, so it's like, whatever. Yeah, it's a, so I guess- I don't even they, understand how the seasons were, like, blocked out. Well, did they do that after the fact for, like, the home releases then? Is, it might have yeah. been. I'm not sure. Because, yeah, it's- there's, I see we have some breaks, like, later on, but most of these times, not really. Yeah, but don't you um, like it when a series, whether it be anime or whatever, like leaves you with this awesome ending, this cliffhanger, and then you have to wait until the next season or whatnot? Like I just watched, um, so I'm watching Fairy Tale right now, and uh, I just finished one of the arcs yesterday, and it ended on such a cliffhanger and like such an impactful moment that I was like, oh my gosh, I need to continue watching the next episode but i haven't been able to so it's just been on my mind whereas this i was like i didn't even realize that was the season finale 
Yeah, there's always more canon. That's the thing. You never, <laughs> you never truly caught up. Yeah. We now move on to Kyosho Oyama short story episode three, the Santa Claus of Summer. Uh, did you know anything about this coming in? I did not. <laughs> this special takes place in the summer of 1999. What a what a year 1999 was. Yep. I was seven, and I was cool. What made you a cool seven-year-old? I was just cool. Just, yeah. Peak of my life. <laughs> Had dreams, aspirations. And a leather jacket. Now, now, and now I'm hosting an anime podcast, so... That is Things the can go wrong, pinnacle folks. of cool. Come on. So this opens up and we see a young boy named Kaisuke exit a phone booth and then reflect upon getting rejected by a girl who told him that she doesn't really like wimps and to not call her anymore. Boy, this was a this was a relatable opening here, at least for me, Colleen. Yeah, have you Oof. Have you been called a wimp before? You call me that every podcast episode. I just edit it out of the podcast. <laughs> That's so true. The listeners don't have to hear your abuse. I don't know. Maybe they would find it funny. <laughs> abuse just, is hilarious. Just call me a wimp so we can move forward with this episode, Colby. Okay, don't be such a wimp. Let's just go on. Kaisuke then rides off on his motorcycle like a cool guy. After getting inspired by the cute idol performing on television, and he says, there's more cute girls out there. So I was like, hell yeah, King. Okay, can we pause for a second? I was kind of confused at this moment, because I thought that maybe the pop star was his girlfriend that just broke up with him. So he was like looking at the screen, sort of like, oh, I don't need you. So I was going into this thinking, okay, this guy was somehow dating a pop star, and now he's not. <laughs> I just want to. An put idol that would there. never, an idol would never break your heart. He was just so inspired by her cuteness. He was like, you know what? There's other cuties. I'm gonna be all right. Yeah. See, and that's what happens to you, Tyler. So after I call you wimp, you edit it out from the podcast. Then uh, a pop star or an idol context you every time but you're like too cool for them aren't you well i mean i am pretty cool i get that seven-year-old swag back that's right <laughs> and i'm like sorry babe and then you blow some Jersey white Shore powder to watch <laughs> oh gee yeah I do some heroin drugs are not good don't do drugs <laughs> that's our we have we haven't done a smoking is bad messaging in a while, so. but it looks so cool. The same can't be said for heroin. You do not look cool smoking heroin, injecting heroin. Anyway, you're doing the heroin, not cool. Absolutely not. But smoking a cigarette, cool, dude, man. <laughs> I was watching. I've been watching Jersey Shore, and everybody, you know, it's 2009, 2010. Everybody's smoking, and I'm like, damn, these people are cool. It was giving you serious uh, 1999 vibes when you were seven, huh? Man, like, that shows such a time capsule to a lost bygone era of 2010 and affliction t-shirts and just reminds me of when life was better, Colleen. <laughs> that is probably the best review of Jersey Shore I've ever heard. I've never seen the show myself. 
All I know oh, is it's like there's the Snooky best. and then there's um there's yep. this one other guy that uh is kind of well known. I can't remember his name. There's Mike the situation, there's Paul the situation. D, there's Vinny. Yeah. Oh, there's Jay Wow, Angelina, Ronnie, Sammy Sweetheart, Dina. What a show. So is this just right. like a group of people sitting on a shore? In New Jersey, like they, go, they get a Jersey to hang out during the summer, man. Get some chicks, get wild, get loud, and get funky. Party, no funkiness. No though. funky. <laughs> Don't be absurd, Colleen. <laughs> Jeez. So back to the uh, summer Santa Claus. <laughs> Don't be absurd, Colleen. Let's go back to this thing. So Kaisuke recklessly nearly hits an old man and his bodyguard exiting a vehicle and crashes his bike. He apologizes and offers to help them collect their belongings, but then he stumbles upon a gun on the ground. Uh, They quickly take that back and they search for a card, but they mistakenly take the boy's phone card rather than the one they dropped. The old man tells the kid to keep the can of liquor he has and to not tell anybody about them. They then walk off and Kaisuke picks up a card that says EC4 system. What do you think was going on here, Colleen, early on? Because we the identities of like who these guys are, all we know is that they have a gun and this secret key card. Like, what were you thinking was going on? Did you think they were like evil organization, mafia? What was that? I did, yeah. I thought they were the mob. When I saw the gun, I was like, okay, he's mafia. And, um, like, I didn't, I mean, I got the key card part. I just thought that this this guy was on the wrong side of the law. Upon entering an elevator, the bodyguard tells his boss that he gave him liquor rather than fruit juice, and he just laughs it off. He then realizes that he took a 50 units phone card rather than the correct one and freaks out. We then see Kaisuke stumbling around the city drunk, and then he thinks about the girl again. He goes, you may have dumped me, but I haven't lost yet. And he says that she'll regret it, as he'll become a great guy. And then immediately afterwards, he yells at this girl trying to make a phone call and just scares her off. He's like, let me in there, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, he's so likable. Well, he's, he's, he's becoming a great guy, he's not already there. So right, it takes a work time. In progress. We then see the old man saying that they need to find the kid, and he hopes that he didn't use it as a phone card. We then see Kaisuke do exactly that, as he sets off a countdown timer, and we see a satellite in the air. The boss then gets a phone call, and is told that the EC4 target is right where they are. And then we get a little cameo here, as Kogoro can be seen walking past the phone box, and the boy gets pissed off when asked to enter a 24-digit activation code. We then see the old guy call the Prime Minister and ask him to disarm the Earth Check system immediately. And the boy keeps dialing the girl's number despite the odd request. And the police and the old man then arrive and he rips Keisuke out of the booth. And he asks him what number he inserted. But we overhear that the EC4 system will be activated in 24 hours, Colleen. So the world might get blown up. Yay. Great. All because of this one kid who um, vowed to become such a great guy. I don't think he's going to make it in 24 hours. You don't think he's going to be a great guy? Well, I mean, 
we find out that he somehow pulls it off, but it, it was very hard to watch this. <laughs> Did you not like Kaisuke? Um, I kind of, no, I, <laughs> it's not that I didn't like him. I guess I just, uh, was hoping he was a little smarter. <laughs> I don't know. Like, later on, we'll get into it, but it just seems like, you know, things could have progressed a little better. The special resumes in a hospital room where we learn that Kaisuke is a student at Sinkawa High School. The doctor says that he has a slight case of amnesia and that his memories will return in two to three days. That's obviously not good news as the earth is going to blow up in 24 hours. So the old man's pleading with the doctor saying that mankind is in danger. And that's when Kaisuke wakes up. He says that he's hungry and then is given a full course meal from the old man's staff. The old man then recalls being told that to get his memory back, Keisuke has to be mentally and physically relaxed. As such, he'll grant his every desire until then. He asks Keisuke if he remembered anything, and he says he doesn't have any money, and then decides to watch TV. Keisuke then watches an idol perform on television, and says that he wishes he could meet Anon. The idol, whose name is Asuka Anzai, then appears in front of him, and he's about to get an autograph when the old man asks him if he remembers anything. Keisuke gets annoyed and asks him to leave. And then he exits. Asuka says that she's tired and thanks him for getting her out of work. As she has to perform way too much for a 17 year old. What did you think of uh, Asuka here? Just randomly appearing. Well, after I realized that his girlfriend was not actually the idol. Because like... Until this moment, I still thought that they had broken up. So when he sees her on TV, I was like, okay, I guess he's now going to be, you know, hanging out with her. Um, I thought <laughs> I thought she was nice. She kind of reminded me of, um, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> the girl from Yu Yu Hakusho, maybe? And maybe it just might be because of the hair. Um bit uh yusuke yurameshi's girlfriend a little bit i don't know why i could see that yeah i mean they're both school children Ke keiko so. yeah keiko um so yeah i thought she was fine uh i was <laughs> i was kind of uh laughing over the old guy though because he could have just as easily told keisuke like look here's what happened here's what i need you to remember but instead he's kind of and i mean this this is the the funny part of the story he's just kind of catering to this teenager's every desire yeah what do you think about that as a like story element i thought it was really fun how he can just say ridiculous things and then it's suddenly there i thought it was a fun story element like even though it's ridiculous but like i kind of like how they explain everything away it's not like it's just magic or anything they have like the whole nation working to grant his every desire yeah no it was definitely fun um just having that sort of, I don't know, dramatic irony or whatever you want to call it, where we all know what's going on, but Keisuke doesn't. And the guy just chooses, to, like the 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 old man just chooses to not tell him anything, um, where in reality, it probably wouldn't have gone that way. Like, so I, I kind of had to, in watching this, like park, you know, Park my common sense for a second and just sort of enjoy the story for what it was, that it was just going to be a bunch of silliness. I mean, yes, the world is in danger in this story, but uh, it was just going to be about Keisuke trying to 
remember stuff. Um, and I just found it funny that case like alternatively he could have just as easily asked the guy okay why do you keep asking me whether i remembered something but he just kept getting annoyed with him like go away old man like he doesn't even ask who this person is yeah it's a it's a fun setup here um so case says that they should have some fun so they go out on his motorcycle we see him being tracked by aircraft and the old man talks about how nostradamus predicted that the earth would be destroyed in 1999 that EC4 will do just that if KSK doesn't remember the activation code. Asuka asks to go somewhere more calm as they're stuck in traffic. And KSK yells out that he wishes that the traffic would be gone. We then see the army just come in and force everybody to evacuate on the road. And we learn that there's 13 hours left. KSK and Asuka arrive. And KSK can't believe that he isn't dreaming. He says that it must be an angel's temptation or a devil's trap. She tells him that she feels great, and he says the only day he likes is Christmas. Moments later, it's literally Christmas in well, I guess not literally, but it's <laughs> Christmas in July, and the old man appears in the Santa outfit of all things, which I really liked. Yeah, I was trying, like, I was waiting for this whole Santa Claus in summer thing to come in. Boy, did it! Yeah, he's like, maybe I want it to be Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, to your point, like, how the whole nation was just, uh, you know, figuring this out for this one kid. Like, they, you know, made it snow and they decorated some tower or something. Like, just the, the visual of these, like, military helicopters, like, doing all this stuff. It, it, it was fun. It was fun to watch. Asuka says that if it's a trap, they'll have to play the game till the very end. Keisuke agrees, and he decides he turned the Tokyo Tower into a Christmas tree. He says it looks weird without snow, and suddenly it starts to fall from helicopters, and everything gets covered. Asuka plays in the snow, and the two of them make snow angels. Asuka then says that Keisuke is like Santa, as he can make any wish come true. So, here's my thing about this. They kind of have, like, a small romance go on here. Does she mm-hmm. only like him because he's, like getting his every will and desire magically granted like is there any actual chemistry here or is it just like she likes that he can make anything come true suddenly yeah no that's a very good question and i feel like if this was not a short story if this was a little bit longer and again more fleshed out they might have had a subplot where like asuka's actually being paid off to be nice to this kid and then you know, they she realizes, oh, she actually likes him, but he feels betrayed because she was at first doing it for the money or for the fame or whatever she was doing it for. So you're right. Like, I don't know. They're, I don't know if the chemistry was there all the time. Like, she just seems to be randomly hanging out with him. And I don't know if it's like a quote unquote fan service, maybe. We then see two military men spreading snow, confused as why they're doing that. And then they're told that the fate of humanity is at stake. The old man is worrying about humans becoming extinct. And then Asuka says that Keisuke deserves a present. She asks if he'll accept the only gift that she can give him. And then we learn that there's only one hour left as defense satellite number 666 starts to open. The number of the beast, Colleen. Uh, Definitely. Uh, Like, you know, we're in for some trouble now. Asuka tells Keisuke that she knows a nice place and he drives there in the snow. There's 40 minutes left and Oscar performs a song to an empty crowd. She dedicates it to Keisuke and he gives her flower before saying Merry Christmas to her. 
She starts to cry and hugs him because it's so rare for an idol to receive flowers and be praised. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like the whole nation loves them. I mean, this isn't Yoko Okino we're talking about. She calls him Santa and tells him to let her fulfill one of her wishes as she kisses him. Uh, I'm sorry. It was a little cringeworthy. Why do you hate love, Colin? <laughs> I don't hate it. I just didn't understand Could have fooled love. me. <laughs> well, the worst the worst is yet to come. Like, let's just keep reading and then you you'll see how more cringy it gets. She then starts performing a song as Keisuke blushes in his seat. The old man interrupts and tells the boy that he has to remember or the world will end. He asks what he has to do to stop it and is told about the phone card. The old man gives up and goes outside to enjoy his last 30 minutes. He's just in full, fuck it, we're all gonna die mood, which I respect. Asuka talks to Keisuke about Mr. Damas and says that he was right all along. Keisuke then says, instead of believing in that man from the past, believe in me! Wow. <laughs> then Asuka just awkwardly translates to talking about all her baggage as she says that her dad died when she was little, so Santa never came, so this is the first time she's ever had fun on Christmas. It reminded me of the one time I messaged this girl on Bumble, and like within two sentences, she started talking about how her brother passed away, and I was like, oh, okay, that's why you're talking to me. Okay. You just need, you just need a vent. You, this could be anybody. All right. Maybe like, she felt okay. connected to you. Why do you uh, hate love, Tyler? <laughs> I hate daddy issues, not love. Um, she- <laughs> okay, so this is my <laughs> this is my point with the whole Santa and the kissing thing, and so she like a lot of people feel a connection to Santa Claus being whatever their dad or whatnot but she took it to another level when she's like oh well my dad you know died so Santa didn't come obviously meaning like he was dressed up as Santa all the time and then she kisses Keisuke because he reminds her of Santa Claus at that moment like that was the part that I was like "Eh, hey man Freud Freud says that people want to fuck their parents so that's just more more evidence yeah, but he didn't say anything about Santa Claus. <laughs> now did he? She then asks KSK if he has a girlfriend, and that's when he remembers leaving a message on her pager. He tells Oscar that everybody will now know that Nostradamus lied, and with only a minute left, he gets into the phone booth and inserts the correct numbers, stopping it with just one second to go. We learn that the message very cornily read, Never give up! And everybody is relieved <laughs> when the world doesn't blow up. What a dude. He was like, you want this girl dump me? I'm going to text her. Never give up. Yeah, I don't know if that's like, um, I don't know what he meant by that. Like, he wasn't getting back at her or anything. I guess it was just like a, you know, uh, a pep talk for himself. Like, believe it yeah. or <laughs> never give up. Never give up. Asuka then hugs Keisuke, and the city begins to erupt in celebration. Keisuke says that Asuka was picked up by her manager, and the old man returned to NASA. Why does a NASA <laughs> agent, like, have this? And why does he have a gun? Like, I have a lot of questions after finding out he worked for NASA. I was like, what? Yeah, same here. 
And so Keisuke's left alone, but he still has one thing, which is a card from Asuka that says, call me on it. And he does it, and to catch up as the special ends. Uh, wow. You didn't find this to be Romance of the Year, Colleen. Oh, no, no. Not Romance of the Year. Did you like this romance more or less than the other special where the kid time travels? Wait for me. I liked the uh, time traveling one better, I think. So I mean, you- I, I think I had a lot of negative comments. What did you think about this overall? Uh, this one? So, I I don't know. In watching it, I was just kind of wondering where all this was going to go. And I don't know if I maybe enjoyed myself as much as I could have. I thought the story was interesting. Like the whole idea behind, you know, this kid accidentally setting off um, a satellite that will, you know, shoot the earth or whatnot. Um, But like, (laughs) it made me, I just so, I just have so many questions. Like why would, so why would humanity even create something like that that could potentially backfire on us and why would you put the key in a card that could then be inserted in a telephone booth and easily activated like i don't know (laughs) i feel like there should have been a little bit more security around something like that what if you're not by a phone but you need to launch the nuke the fucking strike thing come on (laughs) that's right so how do you launch it then and like I don't know. So there were parts of it that I was scratching my head at, but there were other parts that I enjoyed. Like, and I'm and I can confirm this, um, but I thought that there were some like voice actor cameos in this. Like, I'm pretty sure Keisuke's voice is the same guy as Takagi, um, and I think the Na- NASA guy who. Well, I found you out- do know Takagi's named after the voice actor. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's something I found out after the fact, and I loved it. Um, so I would recognize that voice anywhere because it's, it's my Takagi. Uh, I think the NASA guy who um, I found out was named Gray, but I don't know. We never actually find out his name in the special, I don't think. he Wasn't he the voice of uh, Kogoro as well? At least I thought it was him. And then I think... Um, Asuka's voice is Ron, but I could be wrong there. Anyways, I just, I was picking up on all those voices and thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Kage's done a lot of work. I'm looking at his, his, like, page here. Oh, boy, he has. He's in Final Fantasy VII Remake. He's done all kinds of, he's quite the prolific guy. I didn't know he was so, been in so much stuff. I wonder if he, Oh, my God, he played, you know, Ed, Ed, and Eddie? Yeah. <laughs> He's the Japanese voice of Eddie. Oh. <laughs> I can see that. Isn't especially that if he does it, Yeah. If especially if he does it like uh what he does with Takagi sometimes, wow. the kind of like whimpering voice. <laughs> oh wow, he voices Genta too? Oh wow. He does? Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Talk about range. Yeah, I love there I, go, I love um going through voice actors and actually seeing the different ones that like the different voices they're capable of because there are some voice actors that I find they're very like one voice one tone which is fine it's just I mean it makes it easy to 
recognize them, I guess, from anime to anime, but or from whatever, from show to show. But uh, I like it when there's a little bit of variety. Makes it seem like they've got talent. So what did you think of this uh, this short story? So I'm like you, because I believe in love, Colin. <laughs> I thought this was just a, a very fun, lighthearted special. And I was like, I, I ended this and I was like, well, that was fun. You know, and I was, I was like, ah, I can't wait to talk about this. And then <laughs> Colleen's just brought it all down. Crushed my cute little idol romance fantasy. And I was like, geez. And then, but, but like, when you bring up your points, like, I can definitely see it. And then, like, in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, this is, they kind of, like, if you're, like, taking this as, like, a serious art, like, the writing's pretty trash. Oh. And <laughs> the relationship, you know, doesn't really make any sense. And there's not much there. But I think just as, like, a, an enjoyable special to waste 20 minutes, I think it, I thought it was fun. So I, I enjoyed it. I love the ridiculousness of the whole army granting this kids any wish he desired i thought that was a fun concept and you know stuff like you said this is really rushed for like a 20 minute thing um so like you don't get to explore like more ridiculous notions and i feel like with 24 hours you could have really done a lot more here and i thought the amnesia thing was kind of stupid but i mean i get why they had it just to add some stakes right but uh, i i thought it, i thought it was a fun special you know, regardless. So overall, I enjoyed all three of the uh, the Gisho Ayama specials that comprise this one, like uh, DVD re- or VHS release. Do you have a favorite of the three? Um, so for me, it would probably be in the order that we watched them. So like the time traveling one, and then the wandering red butterfly or whatever it was called with um, Shinichi's parents, and then this one. Yeah, I think I, I think Wait For Me is probably my favorite as well. I'd probably put this over the Red Butterfly just because that was like five minutes and it was such an <laughs> intermission thing. Maybe if it was flushed out a bit more, um, I would rate it higher. But yeah, I, I thought they were all fun. I thought it was all fun, lighthearted stuff. Um, so next week we have that alien mole case, which everybody's amped up to see. What the hell's these alien moles? Do, do we actually see aliens here, Colin? Or do we just see moles? Because they are kind of uh, freaky looking. Yeah, they look like aliens. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're scary enough. Damn. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. You can follow the show on Twitter at Case underscore Reopen. I'm at Tyler Trees. Uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. It's very much appreciated. It helps more Detective Conan fans find the show. We want to thank everybody for your support. We just moved past 12,000 downloads, which is a big milestone. Yay! Thank Um, you, everybody. Yeah. We appreciate all the support. I just can't believe people want to listen to us talk and disagree about stuff. Disagree about the power of love. Yeah. So, you know, let let me know on Twitter, does Colleen hate love? (laughs) I already know the answer. I'll do a poll. Oh, no. Come on. I'll do a poll with zero sub... With zero context before the episode even comes out. And everybody will be like, yes, she does hate love. I'm going to be the most hated person on Case Reopened. That says a lot. Everything will work according to plan. (laughs) Uh, So we'll be back next week with the Mole Alien two-parter. Bye. Bye, guys. And remember, one truth always prevails.